When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're watching Veterans Week coverage on ESPN, brought to you by USAA. Welcome to NFL Live, presented by USAA. So glad you're with us, and happy Tuesday, everybody. we got Dan Orlovsky here. Dan, we're on TV. That's Andrew Hawkins, and Marcus Spears is here as well. We're also going to get to Dan Graziano with some news later, by the way. The non-Lamar Jackson key to the Ravens' success will explain. But let's bring in Graz as we get to our top stories. Some big quarterback news today. Let's start in L.A. where the Rams made an addition. What do we know? Yeah, according to Adam Schefter, Rams signing Carson Wentz. Yes, Carson Wentz, the former number two uh, overall pick of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Matthew Stafford been out with an injury, missed this last game with an injury. Rams are on bye this week. They still anticipate, or at least have some optimism, that Stafford could be back in Week 11. But obviously, their backup situation with Brett Rippon didn't didn't appear to be what they hoped it would be. So Carson Wentz comes in to get a shot at that uh, position in Tennessee. Head coach Mike Rabel announced today that rookie Will Levis will be the new starting quarterback. Levis started the last two games with Ryan Tannehill injured, and Rabel saying today that Tannehill, when he is healthy again, will be the backup to Levis, the promising rookie that the Titans took high in the second round this year and has impressed in his two starts. Uh, they feel like he's come along rather quickly in their development program. Uh, special shout out to, from the people I talked to to their quarterbacks coach, Charles London, for his role in helping develop uh, Will Levis quickly and getting him ready and up to speed. And it looks like they're going to take a look at him the rest of the season. Graz, you hang tight. We're coming right back to you, okay? But Orlovsky, do you like the decision of making Levis the starter for the remainder? I do, and you kind of just heard Graz talk about his development. I think the things that were struggles of his coming out of school, recognition, maybe subtle pocket movement and touch, he's displayed. End of the game against Pittsburgh. They are going to play Tampa 2. So those safeties have the deep half. And this guy's job is to run through as the middle linebacker into the middle. Now the pass concept is going to be this. Chip by this tight end and then sit over the ball. And then he's got a seam. So it's a concept that you like. But this is the recognition part for me when it comes to Will Levis. As he catches this snap and peeks at that middle linebacker, his hips are going to turn and open up. That's not great to get that seam because he's running right towards where you want to kind of throw that seam. So Will does a really good job, Okane. I have to now try to manipulate that middle linebacker so he's staring to the right. Now pay attention to his shoulders. They're open and running downfield. This is what I love, the recognition. As he comes back to kind of see where that linebacker is, see how his shoulders have now squared up. He now knows I can actually rip that seam. Now here's the thing. You have to be able to rip it. You can't float it because this safety is going to play over the top right there. The recognition of, okay, I can make that throw and what type of throw is really good development when it comes to Will Levis. The second thing is the subtle pocket movement and a little bit of touch on his throws. You have man coverage right here from that slot defender to that receiver. The route is what we call a corner or a sail route. It's an outbreaker. Two things that I love on this clip from Will Levis. Number one, you are going to get an inside stunt. You're going to get this defensive tackle up here, and this linebacker is going to wrap around. 
Now that linebacker is going to force a little bit of pocket movement from Will Levis. See, he's standing essentially on that hash right there. If he stays there, there's going to be a very compact throwing area. You have to have a little subtle movement up and away from that linebacker. See where he is right now. Now watch. This little, see that little side movement creates this operational space for him. Now when you're making this throw as you're moving away, this throw cannot be on a line. This throw, because it's man coverage, has to have some touch on it as you throw that receiver away from that trailing defender. See the air on that throw perfectly placed? Those are clips that Will Levis showed in college. He didn't really have a ton of control over. The recognition, that subtle pocket movement, and then some of those touch throws. I think those are examples on top of that big arm that we saw two weeks ago that make this an easy decision for Tennessee and also one that you're looking forward to watching him finish out this season. He's almost creating his own separation for the receiver. That's really cool. Yes. Uh, let's circle back to the other news that Graziano just put out there. Carson Wentz to the Rams. Marcus, does that make sense to you? It makes sense. I mean, look, first of all, the Los Angeles Rams have nothing to lose. And if Carson Wentz is going to be your number two, uh, based on how he's played at a high level in this league before, that's a hell of a one-two punch between him and Matthew Stafford. And usually, you're looking for those guys to get you through a rough patch like you have right now with Matthew Stafford with, with his hand situation. I don't hate this move at all. I think Carson Wentz can be a great backup in L.A. We saw Baker Mayfield come in two days mm -hmm. before a game almost and have success in that offense. It'll be about Sean McVay and the position that he puts him in. But to have a number two overall pick as your backup ain't bad. This is a good move by the Rams. At the exact point that I was going to make, Marcus, this, this reminds me of the Baker Mayfield situation. It's an opportunity for Carson Wentz, and that's how it should be approached by him, is that this is an opportunity to put your name back on the map and put yourself in a situation to maybe either stay or land somewhere and get your career back to where we thought it could be earlier mm -hmm. on. You get Sean um, with that offensive prowess he has. There's not going to be as much pressure on you. Come in here. Uh, approach it the same way you should in your early years of your career, and this could end up being a very, very advantageous situation. Yeah, it's a good situation for him. It makes me think a little bit like the Matthew Stafford injury might be a little, little more long-term yeah. than they thought. And it's disappointing because the Rams were a little bit of a surprising team the first month of the season. He was playing really high in football, and you thought maybe they could get into the conversation as the season went down the stretch to be a playoff contender. So this makes me think that they believe that his injury might be a little bit more long-term than initially maybe missing a game. You know what else makes me think about Wentz? You know, there's been the narrative that he's not great in the locker room, whether that's true or not. But here's another opportunity to prove yeah. that wrong as well in that Rams locker room. All right, let's get back to last night in Monday Night Football. The Jets and Zach Wilson hosting the Chargers in this one. Little hugs from Aaron Rodgers before we get going. Two Jets hugs. ball down 7 nothing. First and 10 for the Jets past midfield and Wilson to Garrett Wilson. Yeah, this is a tough situation. Garrett Wilson has played so well this year. And to get him that ball on that second drive, you're down inside the 35-yard line. Big takeaway. And then I don't love this play design, if I'm being honest. I think forces the quarterback to hold it a little bit longer. And there's Joey Bosa popping that ball out. Back-to-back -back fumbles for this offense. Great play by Bosa, but to your point, the second Jets fumble in the first quarter. Ensuing Chargers drive, Austin Eckler taking the handoff, running it in for the touchdown. Chargers leaving, leading 17-3 at the half. And now under four minutes remain in the game, 20-6. Chargers now second and one for the Jets at midfield. And Wilson looking to throw, but the ball stripped by Khalil Mack. Yeah, I mean, four minutes to go in the game. You know you got to go score. Holding on to the football again. The offensive line being asked to block too long again. 
and it's a fumble that almost gets returned for a touchdown. All right, so the Chargers with another opportunity after airplaning in the end zone there. Uh, Eckler was on fire. He scores another touchdown. That's his second one of the night. And, of course, Rodgers, Robert Sala, they're frustrated. The Chargers win 27-6, to and there's no two ways about it. The Jets' offense has just been horrible this season. They rank in the bottom three in points per game, yards per game, passing yards per game. They're now last in third down conversion rate. The offense does not need to be elite for the Jets to win these games because the defense is so good. But New York, 2-0 this season when they can just score 21 or more points. They just haven't been able to do that. So, Dan, is this as simple as Zach Wilson is no. not playing well or the coach is putting him in a bad spot? It's everybody. This is organizational failure. This is certainly a whole offensive group failure. This has to be a like look-in-the-mirror moment for the Jets. Everybody, the players offensively and their coaches, because they are too talented individually to play this poorly. Like If you ask me what that game looked like last night, I would tell you unprepared, unaggressive. Penalties were crucial, critical drops. The offensive line was overwhelmed in the pass protection. The tight ends lost on blocks that could have been good run games. Multiple drops. Mm. So, yes, Zach Wilson didn't play good. He didn't play bad. Like, he was just there. And also the no-huddle stuff. Here's why we do no-huddle in the NFL. If we think we're better than teams, like, we can just line up and beat you. We used to do that in Indy with Pierre Garçon and Reggie White. Excuse me, Reggie Wayne and, and Dallas Clark. Or we have a brilliant quarterback that can control the line of scrimmage and get us in and out of the right place. So this is what happens. When you play no-huddle ball and you're not overly talented than the other team and your quarterback's biggest weakness, thinking and thinking fast, mm. he has to do that. I, I, that's why when I watched no-huddle last night, I was like, why are we getting into no-huddle when that's not an advantageous situation for us? So there's a lot yeah. that yep. offensively they got to figure out. Worst possible combination to your point, Dio. First of all, you got a quarterback that's holding the ball too long and an offensive line that's just getting whipped. They got whipped all night. Interior mm -hmm. of the pocket, outside the edges. We know what Bosa and Khalil Mack was able to do. And my question looking at this game was, is Zach Wilson not an athlete? Dio, you remember last year when I talked about Justin Herbert standing in the center of the pocket sure. and just being there and giving himself up and not having opportunities to move around? I think this kid is athletic enough for of you course. to create some some easy routes for him, some rollouts, some boots. Give him some zone read action. So, look, I, I get what I get where the Jets are, and they didn't have a plan. But it's week nine of the damn season, bro. right? At some point, you got to say, look, we're gonna start building around a skill set that the guy we have at quarterback has. And for them to stand him in the pocket like he's some damn Aaron Rodgers and think mm. that he's going to dissect defenses is so crazy to me. I didn't see Zach Wilson move yeah. one time last night intentionally, mm. and I was losing my mind over it after getting sacked a hundred times in the game. Real, real quick, Hawk. So make it very clear. Quarterbacks can make offensive lines better or worse. Jets' mm. offensive line isn't good. Okay, it's not, it's not great. Let me say that. The quarterback's biggest weakness is holding on to the ball. He does not see things clearly. He yeah. does not think yes. fast. That is his flaw. So to ask him to do that in the pocket, you're, making, you're putting him in the position to do his worst thing too often, and then you're asking the offensive yes. line to kind of be better than they actually are. A absolutely. There's a thin line for quarterbacks of being poised in the pocket and then being oblivious to what's happening around you. Yeah. And when you watch Zach Wilson, right. it's too much right. of the latter. Like, it's like he doesn't have no idea that this thing is closing. And I would point to the coaches. 
to that as well. Like, yes, everyone has to play better. But for Nathaniel 100%. Hackett, Mike LaFleur was fired last year right. because his offense wasn't net. So they went out and got a new offensive coordinator. They spent a bunch of money to bring in weapons. And, yeah, Aaron Rodgers isn't there. But rolling out the, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history is not an offensive strategy. Yeah. Yeah. It's an easy button. This offense, even under the circumstances, should have taken a step forward from last year, and they have it. They've taken a step back. Garrett Wilson's too talented. They're, they have two tight ends that are really good players. Uh, Alan Lazard is a good – now, Alan's got to get back to, like, playing a consistent yeah. piece when it comes yeah. to catching the football. And the quarterback at least is talented. You should be able to score more than this. Well, if you're wondering if Aaron Rodgers is going to get back in the mix, he was on McAfee today, and he said to his timeline for return, he responded, quote, a few fortnights. Now, I think a fortnight's two weeks. So if we're talking about a few... Or what are you dancing? It's a Fortnite dance. Oh, oh my goodness! Fortnite, You're talking about the yeah. video game. I can't I deal love with the you. Game, All right, new on NFL Live. It. Get out of here with that. That's so weird. I'm, that's like a nightmare thing. New on NFL Live. Kyler Murray officially activated onto the 53-man roster. Of course, he's expected to start this week. Uh, Marcus is going to weigh in next on what he brings to the table for the Cardinals and so much more coming your way today on NFL Live. Hey, the Bills fell to the Bengals on Sunday night thanks in part to offensive errors and costly turnovers. Stick around to hear why Swagoo thinks this might spell trouble going forward. Plus, after struggling early in the season, Deshaun Watson finally looked like his old self. Dan's going to show us exactly why it was one of his better games as a Brown. NFL Live is presented by USAA. This Veterans Day, go beyond thanks to make a difference. Naturally, do this after that. I don't have Fortnite and neither do my kids, but this is, I think, the Fortnite dance. Ready? That's pretty I good. Mean, That's hot. better than I thought. What is that? It looks why like did you think it wasn't going to be good? Like, I don't know. Some, Maybe I, I do. I do. <laughs> I hate that dance. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Sunday NFL Countdown crew has you covered for week nine. Excuse me, this is going to be, oh yeah, week nine. 10 a.m. Eastern, Scott Van Pelt and the Monday Night Countdown crew gets you set for Broncos Bills. That's a two-hour pregame show starting at 6 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app. Hey, time to read and react with the latest happening around the league. And we're going to start with the Browns and Deshaun Watson, okay? Watson managed over seven yards per drop back on Sunday, his second best in any game with the Browns. And the Browns, 27 points, tied for the second most in any of his starts. The 27-point win, Cleveland's largest with Watson as a starter so far. 
Dan, what did you see out of Watson on Sunday? One play that stands out that makes you think, okay, with that defense, can they get that guy back? That kind of represented the player we saw in Houston, the deep ball. So a couple things, that subtle pocket movement to climb, and then he's going to launch this ball downfield to Amari Cooper, even though it's double teamed, and the perfect throw. So if you're, listen, it wasn't all perfect last week. There were some, but he hasn't played in a while. And there were some plays you sit there go, where are we looking at? And some misses, no doubt. But I felt like he looked the most like old Deshaun on some clips. And that was the one. I think that's the best play he's had, candidly, since he became a Cleveland Brown. And again, if you're the Browns and you sit there and watch that, you say, can we get that guy more often than not? Because if they do, paired with that defense, then they've got chances to make some noise in the AFC North. Watson's won his last three starts, his longest win streak since 2018 when he was with the Texans. That's what they've been chasing. Let's talk about the Eagles a little bit, Hawk. The Eagles have been winning in the trenches this season. As you see there, their offensive line ranks first in run block win rate and fourth in pass block win rate. Their defense ranks fifth in both in both pass rush and run stop win rate. So why have they been so good along the line of scrimmage in Philly? I mean, they're the real deal, and they will be for the foreseeable future because they're like the 22-year-old version of Dan Orlovsky. They're built the right way. Now, Marcus always says this. We can trick ourselves into believing that it's just skilled players and that every team is just a quarterback away from being good. That's not the reality. Good teams are built in the offensive and defensive lines, and the Eagles have done just yes, that, sir. and they've been able to work out the kinks throughout the season while still stacking W's because of those units. Hey, I didn't know that Dan was well-built oh. when he was 22. Are you sure? Motor City Bowl 04, you had, you, to tell him. you had to be there. That Motor City had to be there. Man, 04, I don't know. What, what was that? I was like 11 alive? years old. I, I was alive. All right, uh, let's go to Kyler Murray. All signs point to him starting at quarterback on Sunday. Hawk, you kill me. After week eight, the Cardinals, by the way, had a 44% chance to get the number one overall pick, according to ESPN Analytics. But that was before Daniel Jones got hurt. And the news broke that Kyler Murray would start against the Falcons. So Arizona still has the best chance to get the number one pick, but it's gone down to 33%. The Giants went from an 8% to a 25% chance as we look ahead to the draft a little bit. So, Marcus, how should Arizona balance the potential of the top overall pick and the return of Kyler? Yeah. Well, we're going to find out, Boogie. We're going to find out by they they are incentivized for Kyler Murray to play well, which in turn is probably going to turn into this team having some success. Because if you want to move on from him, you definitely want his value to be at the highest ceiling. And if, if, if you're not, if that's not your plan, I don't know why you would put him back out on the field if you're trying to garner the first overall pick to go in a different direction. We got to remember, too, they just gave this man. It, it is not long ago that he just got paid over $200 million <laughs> to play quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm thinking that this franchise is wanting to move forward with Kyler Murray and start to build, rebuild, and retool around him. But a lot to be seen as we go throughout the rest of this season with him playing in his play. You incentivize both ways. You want to move on, you probably don't let Kyler Murray go out there and be in too much of harm's way. If you're moving forward with him, you unlock the boat and let him go roll. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when they announced that he was going to be starting again, it definitely plays into what you're saying about maybe they're going to see if they can actually just win some games and hold on to him, draft somebody else in this coming draft. Coming up, despite the crucial victory in Germany this weekend, this Chiefs offense left something to be desired. When we come back, Hawk will identify the chief concern of the team going forward. Find out what that is. It's all coming up next. You're watching NFL Live, presented by USAA. We'll be right back.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You're watching Veterans Week coverage on ESPN, brought to you by USAA. Welcome back to NFL Live, presented by USAA. And we knew going into the game uh, that, you know, if we're going to lose, what, what the narrative would be. And that's fair. I thought it was a masterful game called by Steve Spagnuolo, yeah. but the execution by this defense was top-notch. Ball comes out, and it picks it back and into the end zone. This is a great defensive team with a great quarterback. And I think if the offense gets to where I think it can be, we'll be a hard team to beat. Patrick Mahomes has been off target on just 14% of his throws to wide receivers this season, on track to be the best of his career. But the issue is the wide receivers haven't been able to make plays. They've caught just 64% of their passes from Mahomes and dropped 8%. That's by far the worst rate in the NFL. Hawk, this sounds like I'm being like, oh, the quarterback's great and the receivers aren't so great. But the numbers are what they are. Yeah. I'm not talking about you, at least. Uh, what's going great. on? Thank yeah, you. we think you're great. Thank what's you. going on with those wide receivers? Yeah, they they, they got to play better. Yeah. I mean, that that's the fact of the matter. Um, when you looked at last game and even the previous weeks, there are times when they are trying to push down the field, they just can't. And this, this team doesn't have a legit deep threat and ability to connect on some of these long throws. Yeah. The offense is going to be null and void. There was one to Justin uh, Watson on this one yeah. where he kind of slows up out of the break and he misses by just a tick. There's another one to MVS as well where he chooses a wrong track and then it turns into a drop pass. Now, when you watch this offense, yes, it is predicated on Travis Kelsey. He is wide receiver number one. He's a 34-year-old tight end who is seeing a lot of double coverage, no triple doubt. coverage, Dan, and to expect a 34-year-old tight end, no matter how great he is, mm. to be able to routinely beat double and triple coverage for your offense, that's not a great strategy. The receivers have to step up. I think the problem with the Chiefs is they know the question. They just don't know the answers on offense. And even Patrick said it himself, like, with that defense, if this offense gets to what it's capable of, they're tough to beat. First of all, they're tough to beat anyway. Yep. The question is if this offense gets and how. So, first of all, we've talked about this with the tackles. Now, watch the right tackle here. So, Jet McKinnon is there on his hip to chip that defensive end. Now, I've heard everybody offensive line-wise say, as a tackle, when you know you have your chip here, there's no reason to go back and out. You can sit inside because you know your help is outside. Ball gets snapped. snapped. It's a great chip, but Taylor is oversetting. So, that allows Jalen Phillips that kind of easy access. Second of all, because of the pressure, no one's open. And this is that shot you talked about with Justin Watson downfield that, gosh, that throw is almost perfect, but it's needed. 
This is a little bit later in the game. This is that shot to MVS. You talked about this with the pressure. The second thing is the double teams. Like you're sitting there going, if not Travis, who? As the safeties drop down, they double traps. They got eyes on Patrick as a potential scrambler. You got man-to-man -man coverage. The, those tackles are starting to get kind of squeezed and rushed around the edge. Patrick's got to climb and throw at the same time. Again, it's a perfect throw, essentially, yeah. if not for that drop. I, I have a question for you. Because we've talked about the tackle. Like, here's my final point in this. The teams that they're going to have to beat are going to be able to rush the passer on the outside. Like, mm -hmm. you think about Cincinnati, you think about Baltimore, you think about Cleveland, okay, to get back to the Super Bowl. We've talked about wide receiver separation. Mm hmm if the wide receivers are lacking the ability to separate, is there something they can do to help that? Like, I know Jimmy's and Joe's are yeah. a real thing, but MVS was really good last year. And I think mm -hmm. Watson's a good, like, is there something they can do to help that? Honestly, it has to come from the scheme, to, okay. to, to be real. Yeah. From the offensive play calling, you have to know what your limitation is at the wide receiver position. And they're trying to scheme them open. Yeah. It's not even a scheme thing. I don't want to make it seem like the scheme isn't matching their personnel. Because when you put those plays on, Dan, those are big plays that you're looking for. Right. You have to – those two big throws, yeah. you got to hit at least one of those, preferably both, but at least one to really show your offense that, hey, we can do this. Yeah. I know it's blasphemous to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and their offense not being good and being, being limited, but they limited, fellas. Like, listen, we just, I just got off a segment earlier in this show talking about what the Jets needed to do with Zach Wilson. Andy Reid – and Matt Nagy needs to figure out ways to be more multiple in football games. It's 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 almost to it's almost not their fault though, right? When you got 15, you like it's just gonna we we just waiting to break the seal. We don't need to change anything. We just waiting for the seal to break. We waiting for all of this stuff to come together. We know the deep balls will be there. We know we'll start being prolific on offense. And I think right now they're a little drunk on that, as mm. opposed to going in and saying, you know what, our receivers to your point, Hawk are not uncovering. They're not playing as well. Dan, I talked about these tackles in the preseason, and I thought, I said, look, this is going to be a big deal for this team right. as the season goes along. Mm -hmm. So now the Kansas City Chiefs offense, which we've never seen them at this point, they have to become more creative. As crazy as that sounds to us, they have to become more creative, more multiple. And I know y'all get sick of me talking about the run game. Well, if it's not the run game, it's got to be the screen game. It's got to be rub routes. It's got to be something created to help these guys yeah. not only build confidence, but uncover for them throughout the play call. We, we ju I just did that game this past week and went here crazy stat. When Tyreek was there, Patrick had 44 touchdowns that went over 20 yards in the air. Like the ball traveled over 20 yards mm -hmm. in the air for a touchdown. Yes, Since man. Tyreek left, two. Wow. That, that was shocking to me. Yeah, and I mean, that's been a couple of years, but the other difference is Eric Bieniemy's not there anymore. So you yeah. wonder if some of yeah. that has to do – I realize Andy Reid's a great offensive mind, but we'll keep an eye on there. They would you definitely were there. be running it more if he was there. Yeah. Dan ate some schnitzel, by the way. And, and Glad I'm you said it. that one right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't deal with that. Okay, let's get some more top stories in with Graziano. Yeah, Graz, week 10 kicks off Thursday with the Bears and Panthers. Any sense if we could finally see Justin Fields back out there for Chicago? There's definitely a chance, Laura. I, I, they haven't ruled it out. He's been practicing on a limited basis each of the last two days, also last Friday. What the Bears are trying to do 
is have Justin Fields throw all week and then see how he feels on Thursday before deciding whether he can go. It's about the grip strength in that thumb and, and how it affects him throwing. They want to see how he gets through the week and then make a decision, but it is possible he plays. A guy we know is going to play this week is Kyler Murray. The uh, Cardinals within the last half hour officially activated him from the physically unable to perform list. Head coach Jonathan Gannon said yesterday that Murray would start Sunday's game, assuming no setbacks this week. Uh, so it'll be Murray going forward as the Cardinals try and figure out what they have there and what they want to do into the future. And another team with a murky future at the quarterback position is the New York Giants. Daniel Jones' season is over as a result of a torn ACL. No certainty that he'll be ready for the start of next season. The Giants, if the season ended right now, would be picking fourth in the draft. That, that could go higher uh, the way the rest of their season goes. They have Tommy DeVito, Matt Barkley. They signed Jacob Eason. That's what they have at quarterback the rest of the season. Their GM, Joe Shane, was at the Washington-USC game on Saturday night. There are a couple of good quarterbacks mm. in that game. If the Giants are picking that high in the draft, do not rule out the possibility that even with $36 million guaranteed dollars owed to Daniel Jones next year, they think about taking one of those high-level prospects and moving on into a future with, uh, with a quarterback developed by Brian Dayball. Wow. Um, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., Interesting to think about. Here's a look, by the way, Graz, at the 2024 draft order. At 1-8, and eight, the Cardinals are in the top spot, followed by the Panthers. But the Bears own Carolina's pick, thanks to that Bryce Young trade, remember. And then the Giants are at 3. The Bears at 4 with their own pick. And the Patriots are currently at 5th. Four uh, out of 5 me, will be yeah, Exactly. So four out of those five are going to want quarterbacks. And, and, the, and Dan, I mean, the quarterbacks could be there. So that's the interesting piece of this. They did guarantee over $80 million to Jones just nine months ago. So the Giants, should they already be thinking about a new QB? Absolutely. First of all, feel terrible for Daniel Jones. Oh. Happy he got his contract. Hopefully he heals up. Yep. The best case scenario from that injury moving forward up until April, the Giants have the ability to draft either Caleb Williams from USC, Drake May from North Carolina, or J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. I think those are going to be one, two, three when it comes to the quarterbacks off the board. The reality is Daniel has now – Injury question marks and concerns attached to a contract that you go, well, Tyrod Taylor stepped in and played good football. And it's not that Daniel Jones isn't better than Tyrod Taylor. It's that Tyrod Taylor stepped in, played good football, and the offense looked better, and he's significantly cheaper. Hmm. That's the biggest issue. So while I feel awful for Daniel, the nightmare season, the only way that it could turn somewhat positive is they get one of those three quarterbacks. Yeah or in, in, in a position to do so. Yeah, and, and they are in that position. And like you said, Dan, you hate to see a player lose their position because of injury, but that is not what the case is here. We've seen Daniel Jones throughout his career, and even prior to this injury, the reality is he played the Giants into this advantageous situation. Right. And if you're going into the draft and one of these guys are available and you have one of the top spots, you shouldn't be there if you're paying a quarterback what they're playing Daniel Jones. So that's a reality. If I'm the Giants, you're looking at this injury, he'll come back early, maybe a little late in the 2024 season. But if these guys are there, you got to make a move. Yeah. Guys, it, it, look, Dan, Dan, you hit the point on the head, bro. It's got to be Kayla Williams or Drake May, right? Like, let's let's stop playing with the Giants. The Giants need a new quarterback. And, and they need to start rebuilding this franchise in whatever direction that they plan to go. I know we feel bad about saying that because Daniel Jones is hurt right now. Right. But the history of this league, when all three of us played, you moved the hell on. 
Everybody's still being evaluated. Even when you're on the training table, you are being evaluated. And I think the Giants last year obviously were in a position where they felt hamstrung. And Daniel Jones did just enough to his credit in order to get a new Mm -hmm. contract. But that had more to do with what I think the market was as opposed to them being 100% sold on the fact that Daniel Jones was going to be their quarterback over the next 10 years or the decade. They have a golden opportunity here now. And, and if you are going to go up and get one of these two quarterbacks, what you're saying to this New York Giants fan base is we plan on winning in the future as opposed to trying to pick and prod and put these pieces together and hope that we can keep you entertained. Yeah, yeah I mean, a, a great quarterback on a rookie deal is always a good recipe for success. I, I'm interested. Caleb Williams, Drake May, I realize it's November. A lot can change before huh. we're really talking about this. There we go. Is Caleb Williams the clear number one still? No. I think mm-hmm. Drake May is absolutely going to be in the conversation for number one. I think, but right, but okay, but right now you do have Caleb Williams like slightly ahead. I probably could keep ahead. Caleb one okay. because he's yeah. such a, a unique and rare talent. But Drake May is going to be six foot four, two hundred twenty pounds, mm-hmm. as competitive. He's got thousands and thousands of reps. Absolute cannon arm, super smart, like everything. He looks a lot like Big Ben. Drake, Drake May reminds me a lot of Big Ben. And I'm telling you, do not sleep on J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. Yeah, um, and by the way, some of these teams may make a, a deep run into the college football playoff. We may see more of them on these bigger stages against really good competition. I don't know, just pie in the sky. Do we see J.J. up against that Georgia defense or something like that? Could be a whole lot of fun and a great way for scouts to really see what they're all about. Hey, let's talk about the Bills coming up next on the show. Is it play calling or personnel that's the problem? We dive into that and so much more. We'll be right back. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Be a tremendous day of college football. College 
Monster game in Athens. Lane against Kirby. That'll be a whole lot of fun. And also next week, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Lisa Salters in Orchard Park, New York, as Russell Wilson and the Broncos take on Josh Allen and the Bills. 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Deportes. Peyton and Eli once again on ESPN2. Hey, let's talk about the Bills a little bit, okay? Their offense struggled on Sunday in Cincinnati. That's nothing new this season. They're 1-4 this year in games played away from Buffalo compared to 4-0 in Orchard Park. The offense has averaged just 23.2 points per game away from Buffalo this year, nearly eight fewer than they average in true home games. So that's something, right? But... Hawk, to kind of take a little deeper, is this more about play calling or personnel in Buffalo right now? For me, I think it's play calling. I think they have a very talented offense from a personnel perspective. But when you watch it, there's not much methodology to it. I think you can hear the frustration in the players' force. With Josh Allen, he is elite from a talent standpoint. But when you're watching the game, it does not feel like he has command of this offense. And I don't think that's a him situation. I think he's incredibly athletic. And too much they're trying to rely on his ability to run around yeah. and throw a rocket pass down yeah. the field. He's on pace for the most interceptions in a season that he's ever had because they are forcing him to make these big risks uh, series after series. That's the opposite of the Jets thing you talked about. Yeah. They're running no huddle in, for the New York Jets, and they shouldn't be. The Buffalo Bills are better when they're doing right. tempo, yes. and they actually have a method to their madness, huh. and they're refusing to do it consistently. Because they're talented. Quarterback's really smart. At the there you scrimmage. go. There's too much time that this mm-hmm. offense feels submissive to me, that this offense just does what the defense is asking it to do. So they, they, it, watching the game, it's like, oh, they're going to line up in two by two, two receivers on the right, two receivers on the left. They're going to go in shotgun. And this is what happens. Shotgun. Teams defensively oh have said, God. Josh, you are going to – play efficient football. We're going to force you to play boring check down football. And that's fine. Sometimes you have to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Yep. But at some point offensively, you have to go, no, defense, we're going to not allow you to do what you want to do. Like, we're, we're going to get you out of the stuff that you want to do, and we're going to dictate to you doing things. Now, Dawson Knox not being there does impact that a little bit with the 12 personnel, the second tight end. But you can still do things to get teams out of that too high shell. And when you line up and just two-by-two two shotgun football – it stresses everybody in your offense too consistently. Now, I don't want to make it sound like they were awful. Josh threw a forced interception in his backed-up own area. Dalton Kincaid forces or fumbles going into the red zone. In a one-score game, that, that does matter. Right. Yep. But like, at some point, we have to be proactive as an offense and not just reactive. Hey, look at the note on the screen right there really fast. It's swag. The Bills 82 plays in shotgun with a 2 by 2 formation since week 7. That is oh, wow. second in the NFL. Yeah, it's too easy. Like right, it's right. too but, easy on defenses. But 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 the point that Dan just made is why it is so frustrating to watch the Buffalo Bills play football, man. It is that exact point you just made about how they allow themselves to get lulled into the same old thing every Sunday that they play football. But I, I just like Stefan Diggs is great, y'all, and we all know that. But you talked about it with AJ Brown earlier. You get drunk on that. This is a favorable run uh, run box right here. There is the, the linebackers from Cincinnati didn't even sniff the fact that James Cook would get the ball. Right. It was it was supposed to be a quick release and a quick hitter to Stefan Diggs off of that read. But and then you get an illegal offensive lineman downfield because you should hand the ball off, y'all. Like this is the they are the prime example of what I talk about when I say run the football, not to run the football for 150 yards, 
Run the football to help your quarterback. Yeah. Run your football to help, help Stephon Diggs yeah. and help, help Gabe Davis yeah. and help the tight end. I got clip after clip after clip in this game when Josh Allen is in shotgun and carries out a run fake Dan and, and, and Hawk where the linebackers never take a step forward. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, I think that the problem is, like, we sit here, we still acknowledge it's a good offense. Right. But we know that offense is going to have to carry a beat-up defense, and it's going to have to go against really good defenses on this back stretch and into the playoffs if they get in. I think they do. When you line up and you're static there, remember when Tom Brady was with Tampa that first year, and I was yeah. like, all, all they do is bank on elite execution. They were predictable. But there was nothing them. that you're doing to making the execution easier for those guys. Again, I still think it's a good offense, but this offense is going to be, need to be great. It's capable of yep. it to go into the playoffs and on a run. Uh, this surprised me. Despite all the struggles, Josh Allen is still the leader in the NFL in total QBR. Motion, formations, yeah. play actions. Coordinated up for him, Dan. Still to come on NFL Live. The Ravens lit up the scoreboard Sunday with a dominant offensive performance, especially in the run game. Marcus loved to see it. Dan's ready to tell us the one player he sees as a matchup nightmare is probably not who you think. Stay tuned to find out. NFL Live is presented by USAA. This Veterans Day, go beyond thanks to make a difference. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. They're the best team in the AFC and it's not even close. We playing like that, we don't even need to hit no peak or stride, just keep staying locked in how we are. When they play at their best, uh -huh. when their players reach their potential, I don't even believe it's close. Inside handoff, Keaton Mitchell, brace the tackle, he's oh, in the 35, 30, he's late gone. race 20, Rookies to the 10, touchdown Ravens! If they have the best record and they host games in Baltimore, good luck. The Ravens have been on fire, they're fun to watch too, and Lamar Jackson has taken some major leaps as a passer this season. He's on track to post career best in completion percentage, interception percentage, off-target percentage, and completion percentage over expectation. Over at ESPN Bet, Jackson, a plus 375 to win the MVP, tied with Jalen Hurts for second shortest in the NFL, behind only Patrick Mahomes. We asked everybody yesterday um, about why the Ravens have looked so good in recent weeks. We also asked it again today. None of you said Lamar Jackson as your answer, okay? Oh. So obviously we know he's the key, right? But Dan, <laughs> give us a guy that made you think he's making the biggest impact there in Baltimore. Patrick Ricard there. I have no idea what position he plays, but his versatility allows everybody else's versatility to kind of be a 
forefront picture. So, first of all, he's 300 pounds. So, do you treat him as a fullback, a running back? That, that would be 21 personnel, two backs and one tight end. That's Mark Andrews. Seattle matches with base defense. I got seven bigs on the field, essentially. Now, they pull the backside guard. They go run fake. Ricard, again, is 300 pounds. It's like having an extra offensive lineman there. He secures the edges. And then Mark Andrews, like, look how easy of a bootleg that is. Hey, NFL, under center play action. This is one of my favorite. Okay, so Ricard is on the right side of your screen. His hand is in the dirt. Again, is he a, is he a tight end or a running back? Now, to Lamar's right is Mark Andrews at the tight end position. And what they do is unbalanced. Ricard is playing tackle. They take the left tackle, move him over to right tight end. That leaves Woolen back there by himself, just as a corner. Look at all the bodies for Seattle that are over towards that un unbalanced kick. And then Lamar zone read off the defensive end. Now I have Mark Andrews pulling leading the way, blocking a corner out in space with Lamar Jackson. So the versatility, and again, like this is the point with it for me, guys. When he comes on the field and Mark is on the field, do you treat him as 12 personnel, like as a second tight mm -hmm. end? He's a 300-pound second tight end. Yeah. Or do when, when it's Mark Andrews, him at a back, do, do you treat him as the fullback? And then he lines up at offensive line. He lines up at tight end. He lines up in the backfield. Like his versatility, I think, allows other people yes. to be really versatile as well. Big man balling. I Sorry. love all of those points, Dan, when you're looking at this <laughs> offense. And to your point, Laura, they're playing within a system. And that's finally what we want to see for Lamar Jackson and his skill set because he's not all his ability and responsibility yeah. to produce offense, right? And so Keaton Mitchell, undrafted, back. young player, yeah. right? And I don't want to put too much on him, but he could be the missing piece to this offense Ooh. that fills the J.K. Dobbins role, and that is a home run hitter at the running back position. Someone that if you give him a little crease, he makes the cut and he turns it into instant offense. So again, it's not all on Lamar's shoulders to create those explosive plays in the run game in the middle and on the outside of the tackles. And the last thing I'll say is I got to show some love to OBJ because mm. we talked about him earlier in this season about how he has to accept this new version and this new role that he's in with the Baltimore Ravens. It felt Ravens. like they kind of built some of the pass game around him. Last and they week. did. They built some of the pass game around him to fit his skill set of where he's at now. Yeah. He's looking more explosive than yeah. he was coming off that knee injury. And also, the coolest part is when he scored that touchdown, you see how hyped the sidelines yeah. got about it. They love That him. tells me a guy that the locker room loves. Yeah. He's a leader. He's doing the dirty work, and they are excited about where he's going. Real quick, Marcus, before you jump in, it yep. seemed like he was working more of like the short routes, the 10-yard routes rather than the downfield stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's probably good for his skill set and his gotcha. age right now. Go yep. ahead, Marcus. This is why I love, this, I love, I love being on this show. I love my people because, man, it's so amazing. First of all, this is still a running football team. Ah. Man, we got some frozen. You know what? Here's the today. reality. We made sure that he would give us some love before he froze. Go Did, ahead, Dan. This it? is his tape. So here it is. Okay. Oh, there this, he is. This is this is why Todd Munkin and his his new system creates for Lamar Jackson. Look at the Baltimore Ravens offensive line. You got a hat for a hat. Look at the space between these defenders. Look where this puller meets the backer and look at the mm. first contact on Mitchell, the running back that Hawk just talked about. Lamar holds the backside defensive end. He can't be a part of the right. play. We got a hat for a hat because now we have a spread out offense. And when you're, our coaches used to tell us all the time on defense, when your free safety is the first person to make contact with the yeah. running back, you are getting gashed. Yep. And that's what the Ravens are doing to people. Guys, time for one more thing before we go. Uh, for this, we're going to check in on the Manning cast and special guest Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, I've done a lot of research for this interview, and I found out that you apparently wore number 16 in high school because you grew up watching Peyton at Tennessee. And 
that's all sweet and everything, but what do you think about honoring Peyton by getting a haircut like his? And as a courtesy, <laughs> we're gonna give you a preview when we have a second. I mean, uh, you look pretty good. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's brutal. Oh, man. So that got us thinking. Uh, Dan was the teammate of Peyton. Oh, so I wonder what he would look like with the Manning no. haircut. Dan. You don't want the haircut or the forehead. No. Golly. Golly. That's not good. Get a tan on your that, forehead, Dan. Golly. What was that movie, The Goonies? That man looked like the, 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 the monster Dan, from The Goonies, man. New profile chunk. you You know, we started off with the Fortnite dance, and then now we've got that that photo of you with the Peyton Manning man. haircut. I don't know. That's and not I wanted good. Trevor Lawrence to watch Peyton Manning on Tennessee. He was drafted in '98. Trevor yeah. like 22, bro. Yeah. That was after he was 1998. Fun. Hey, uh, he good. You know what, Hawk? Good question. Okay, you're doing the investigative journalism over here. You saw Richard Pryor 